Well, good morning, everybody. I'm waiting for a few more people to get on this morning before we start broadcasting. <clears throat> Hope you can hear me on Blog Talk. Haven't got anybody live yet with me on Facebook, so we'll wait just a few more minutes and get a few more on here. Hopefully, we'll get some on. It's just now 11. Broadcasting this morning from the pickup truck. Um, reason being, I couldn't get a signal at the house. For some reason, our signal's not been very strong out of our house. But I will say, praise the Lord, I'm feeling better this morning. This is uh, the best I have felt since it started. Um, I think Stephanie's still feeling kind of rough this morning, but she's had a she had a better day yesterday. But we're getting better. And I will say this has been this has been rougher than uh, I anticipated, but it's been rougher in a different way. It's not like the other uh, variations of COVID where it's respiratory. This seems to be a body ache type uh, version of COVID, and uh, it attacks uh, makes all the places like everywhere I've ever been hurt in my life. You know, if I've had an accident, hurt myself somewhere, hurt my arm, hurt my leg, I woke up. I mean, well, wasn't waking up. It was not before last. The the bone around my eye felt like it did felt like I'd been hit in my eye with a baseball, and uh, really don't know why that was hurting. But things like that just kind of strains the way they occur with this stuff. But anyway, I just thank God that I, I feel better today, and uh, thankful uh, thankful to be able to be here and broadcast this morning. So I'm broadcasting this morning from uh, Deport uh, City Park under a shade tree, got the windows down, nice breeze blowing, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you'll, hopefully you'll get on here. If not, you can watch this later, but uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we'll get started, so we're going to go to the Lord right now in a word of prayer and ask for his, his mercy and his blessing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I just love you. I thank you, Father. Lord God, for, for life, I thank you, Lord, for salvation through the blood of your dear Son. I'm thankful, Lord, for all that you've blessed me with. Thankful for uh, a good church that loves me and prays for me and lifts me up to your throne. Lord, I'm thankful for my family. And, Lord, I ask you to bless them all this morning. I ask you to bless our church this morning. And, Lord, I pray for all those, Lord, out there who may listen into this broadcast. Father, I pray you touch their lives. I pray, Father, your blessing be upon them. And Lord, I pray, Father, the Holy Ghost of God would work in their lives this morning, would open, Lord, their understanding, and, and Lord, uh, cause them to think on spiritual things, draw us away from this world, draw us away from the, the things that distract us, the things that get in the way. And, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to hearts this morning. Lord God, we don't need a building to have church. We don't need a building to meet with you. Thankful, Lord, that, that we are your building. And, Lord, we're going to focus on that this morning. Lord, help me, I pray. Holy Ghost of God, do what I cannot do. Empower me. Lord, give me the words to speak that I might touch somebody's life this morning. Lord, that's all I want to do. And I ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, it's good to be on here with you. And hopefully uh, we'll get some more on here as we go. But I want you to turn in your Bible this morning. I want you to turn in your Bible this morning to Jude, uh, 
the first chapter, you say, well, no, wait a minute, there's only one. That's right. There's only one chapter of Jude. And uh, I want you to turn to it this morning. I'll give you just a second to find that. We call it the vestibule of, of Revelation. It's such a short book, and it's right there at the beginning of the book of Revelation. And uh, so we're going to turn there to Jude. We're going to, we're going to read verses 17 through 21 this morning. And uh, if you'll remember in reading Jude, Jude starts off by saying, you know, brethren, I, you know, I wanted to write to you uh, about about other things, but I had to write to you uh, that you earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And so he, the whole book of Jude is is about contending. It's about it's about hanging on to what we have. It's about it's about taking care of our Christian life and realizing we got an enemy. And realizing uh, that he's relentless, and that the wicked are relentless. But uh, but anyway, let's read this morning Jude chapter one, or the only chapter, verses seventeen through twenty-one, and then we'll pray again briefly, and we'll get into the message. Uh, you pray for me this morning. Again, I feel better than I have felt, but I'm not at my best. But pray that God give me grace this morning. Let's read. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And let's pray. Father, I ask you now, open the scriptures, open our understanding. Holy Ghost of God, speak to us as only you can. Help me. Lord, help me to be your mouthpiece to speak to your people. Father God, we just pray that, Lord, that they'd hear the message loud and clear. And, Father, we realize that we're, we are truly working on a building for our Lord. And, Lord, we're just grateful, Father, and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And we'll give you all the glory. Forgive our sins and speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I posted this morning uh, on Facebook, on on, a fa- on the Temple Baptist Church page and on my page, an uh, old version of the Carter family singing, I'm working on a building. And uh, I don't know if you remember that song or if you watched it or not, but you know it says, if I were a gambler, I'd tell you what I'd do. I'd quit my gambling and I'd work on a building too. I'm working on a building, working on a building for my Lord. It's a Holy Ghost building. It's a Holy Ghost building for my Lord, for my Lord. And uh, it goes on to say, if I were a liar, I'd quit my lying. If I were, uh, if I were a drunkard, I'd quit my drinking. And the last line says, if I were a preacher, I tell you what I'd do. I'd, I'd, I'd keep on preaching, and I'd work on a building too. And I tell you, even preachers, preachers got to work on this building. Amen. Uh, and, and you say, what are you talking about, building? Well, our lives as believers are buildings for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, God, God is, God is working on us. God doesn't, you know, we 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 come into the family of God. We're not fully formed. We we're, there's the process called sanctification, whereby God separates us from the rest of the world, and he and he begins to regenerate us, rebuild us. Into, into a building that, that suits him and pleases him. Because 
Uh, well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. But I want to talk about this verse in Jude, just this passage, before we go any further. Let me just seek that. There's no need for that. But uh, anyway, let's let's look at it this morning. He tells us to remember what what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ spoke. And here's what they said. They told you there should be mockers in the last time. So we're warned, stress that, I think you know there's people mocking our faith. Um, every, everywhere you look around us, there are enemies of our faith. Um, I was just sitting here just a few minutes ago listening to the radio, and uh, and whoever was on the radio was just a local broadcast, and they were talking about the news, and they were talking about in Sri Lanka that the whole country and just about is up in arms and, and rioting against their government because of the, because they don't like the way they're being treated. And, uh, you know, and, and they were talking about how our, our president has dictatorial powers which he can uh, enact at any time that he wants to, and according to the National uh, Defense Authorization Act. And, you know, that's dangerous. That's scary. And, and, and understand that, that the plan of this world and its leaders is to put everybody in submission, and they want to rule the world, and they plan to rule the world, and they will rule the world because we're living right on the cusp of the time, what's called Jacob's trouble, which is called the the time of great tribulation, uh, when God is going to God is going to uh, deal with His people, the Jews. He's going to um, He's going to bring them back to Himself. He promised that that He would redeem Israel. He's going to, and and it's a process that He's got to go through with them. And but His church is going to be out of here, folks. We're going to be gone. But you know, all the time ramping up to that, we just, we're going to see more and more of people making light of God, trying to erase God from my thought process. It's a war on your mind. So he's warned us. So there's a warning there that these things are going to take place, that there will be mockers in the last time. And this is the last time, folks. This is We're at the end. And, and I know you know what I'm talking about, and I know, you know you're agreeing with me. I know you do because I know most of how you feel. But I know there may be people watching that won't agree, and that's okay. That's okay. You'll see it when it comes. But the Bible said there'll be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. And we know that there's a great departure from morality. There's a great departure from the commandments of God. And society's getting worse and worse as people just follow. They don't follow God. They don't follow the the, the, the uh, Mosaic law that we interpret our laws from. They don't follow our laws or constitutional laws. People are not held accountable like they used to be. And... Uh, so the Bible says they're walking after their own ungodly lusts. And, again, that's our, that's our world. And uh, the Bible says in verse 19, These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. You know that verse right there, I was going to just skip over it, but I think I'll address it. These be they who separate themselves. Now, who are they separating themselves from? They're separating themselves from believers. They're separating themselves from God. They're separating themselves apart from from uh, from what from what the Spirit of God is saying. It says, having not the Spirit. So these are not saved people. These are people who don't know as their Savior. But they but they 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 uh they're sensual. You see what I'm saying? It's all about oh feelings and and and, and sensual reflect, refers to our flesh, this body, this sinful flesh. So Everything that they operate on is based on the flesh, and they want to appeal to your flesh. 
And I want you to understand what I'm about to say. And, I, and, I'm, and I'll get into the message in a minute, but I just want to talk for a minute before we start. <clears throat> they appeal to your flesh. And your flesh is where fear comes from, uh, where worry and anxiety, all those things, those things come from your flesh. So, again, the people that, that, the, that we're being warned about are those who come at us with fear, uh, come at us with worry, come at us with things, problems seemingly that are too big for, for anybody to handle but them. And they want to be your God. They want to be your savior. They want to come to your rescue. So I want you to understand that's what God is warning us against. But then there's an admonition, and that's our. And then we're going to get into our message now. <clears throat> he says in verse twenty, "But ye, beloved, and and thank, thankfully, God loves us. You know, and that, and right there, He's telling us He really loves us. We're His beloved." Amen. That that word, beloved, you know, it's used a lot through the Bible, and and that just simply means beloved. We don't use that word in our modern vernacular because, again, it's just a little bit passe, out of date, or whatever you want to call it. But it it means truly loved, beloved. And he said that's who we are. We're truly loved of God. And he says to us who are truly loved of God that we are to be building up yourselves on your most holy faith. All right? You know, there's some people that go, well, hold on, preacher, hold on. God does all that. God God does the building up. God is the one who builds us. But, but hold on. He says, ye building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Okay? Our, our faith. Is the is the is where we build what we build upon our salvation is the and we're going to talk about that as we get into this. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach the message in the text. I've I've gone that far. I'll go from here. And it continues on saying that we are to be praying in the Holy Ghost. That we're to be praying, asking the Holy Ghost of God to guide us and to help us and to because that's God in us. You see, it's us and God together, and that's what we're going to see in the scripture. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, again, none of this is saying anything about work salvation. This is talking about what happens after somebody's saved. Works are a part of your Christian life. And don't let anybody tell you that works are not a part of your Christian life because they're lying to you. Okay, works are not a part of your salvation. You can't do anything to work to impress God, and God say, oh, well, sure, yeah, if you're going to do that, I'll save you. No, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do. But I can tell you this, there's a lot you can do after you get saved. A lot of people just get saved, and they sit down on their blessed assurance, and they say, well, okay, I've got my ticket to heaven. I'm good. I'm just going to sit here and wait for the Lord. And that's not the way God wants us to do things. That's not how God wants us to be. So, and, the, and again, there are a lot of people who fail at the Christian life. And I don't want you to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want you to fail. I don't want anybody, under the sound of my voice, to fail as being a Christian. So in order to be a success, we've got to look at this thing from the perspective of a building, and that our life is a building. Our Christian life is a building. And so to be a success, you've got to have the right things. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. I know I was going to, I, I've been in First Thessalonians in our series, but I just – Yesterday was the worst day of this COVID stuff, 
and I just felt terrible. I couldn't get my mind focused on anything. So I thought, you know what, rather than do a halfway job on First Thessalonians, I'll set that aside and I'll focus on that next week and I'll preach something a little more simple that doesn't t- require as much in-depth study. So that's why we're on this this morning, and I, and I know it'll be a help to you. So to be a success in a Christian life, number one, you got to have the right builder. you got to have the right builder. Let me just say, I, I've grown up around the construction business. When I was, uh, when I was, well, let me say this: my, my dad, my dad, went from the early on in my life, my dad has been a roofer, and uh, you know he passed away when I was thirty. But from as long as I can remember, my dad worked at Campbell Soup, and when he wasn't working at Soup, he was roofing houses. And uh, just a couple things that I thought on this morning about having the right builder. You know, we used to, uh, you know, we'd, we'd get up on those roofs and, and they'd just have the tar paper on them, but we didn't only nail on the shingles. Daddy also did the mop on the tar roofs. And uh, and I'll never forget, we were over around Princeton, Texas, and uh, you talk about, you know, it's important to have the right builder. And uh, they had the tar It was a flat roof. It was a water treatment plant, and whoever built the thing, the builder, he rolled that tar paper out and felted the top of the roof before we got up and mopped on the, the asphalt and stuff and put the gravel down. But there was a vent up there. It was a square vent about a, about a foot by one foot, and they just rolled the felt right over the top of it and, and forgot to cut it out. And uh, I'll never forget, we was walking across that roof measuring it, and one minute my daddy was standing up, and the next minute he was sitting down, and one leg was gone. It went right through the hole. So, uh, you know, that hurt him. And uh, so, you know, it's important that you have the right builder. I'll never forget another time he had a guy, and I won't call his name because, bless his heart, it was an accident. But uh, but he and my dad were adding on a front porch to the front of, of my dad's trailer house, double wide. And... Uh, and I was around back, and and uh, they had they had framed it up, and and I was around back talking to a, a, another guy, and I heard the loudest commotion, and all of a sudden that whole front part of that that uh, add-on that they were building, that front porch cover, that whole thing turned loose from the house and fell out into the yard, and thankfully neither one of them were seriously injured, but it, you know, you gotta have the right builder. That's what I'm trying to say, or things go wrong. And uh, praise God, nobody was hurt. But boy, we got to get a laugh at them out of that. But anyway, you got to have the right builder. So let's let's look at that this morning. Hebrews eleven ten, the Bible says, "For he, that being Abraham, looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God." Now Abraham's looking forward to a city that God's going. He's looking forward to being with God in heaven. He's looking for. He's and also he's also looking forward to. Uh, that that city when Christ rules and reigns for a thousand years. You know, Abraham looking forward, but the main thing I want you to see here is that God is a builder and a maker. And, of course, we know that because, I mean, I'm sitting here in this world that he made this morning looking at these trees and this green grass and blue sky, and I realize that God made all this stuff. He's a builder. And so you want God to be your builder. And if you're going to be a success in this Christian life, you want God to build your life. You want God to be the one who constructs it to make sure that it's built right so that it's solid. Again, if you don't have the right builder, you'll get hurt. 
And if you're a builder, listen to me, if you've got a building, and I know I'm talking to my church, Temple Baptist Church, and I know I'm not speaking to you on this, but I don't know who's going to watch this video. There are people out there whose, whose builder is some, is some self-help guru. And let me just say to you, if your builder is Joel Osteen, I wouldn't go in your building. If your building is, is Creflo Dollar or T.D. Jakes or, or, or Kenneth Copeland or Joyce Meyer or one of these charlatans on TV, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel for, for what you call your faith because them people are lying to you and filling you full of ideas that you can you can do it all yourself. You need God. There are people who follow who, who follow self help book writers, and I know Joel's one of them. But but they they listen to they listen to people on on internet. They'll they'll sit and listen to their friends tell them how to live, but they won't listen to God. You'll listen to anybody but the one who made you, and God help you if that's your case. But listen, God is our builder and He's our maker, and we are to we are to make sure that He is the one who's doing the building in our life and not us. You know, a lot of, I say this a lot, but a lot of people fail in the Christian life again because they're trying to do it without God's help. You've got to have God; He's got to be the builder. Amen. First Corinthians three nine. Listen to this: For we are laborers together with God. So God's the builder, but listen, folks, we're the hired hands working with God. I say hired hands. I wouldn't call it hired hand, but listen, we're his servants. We're building and we're working on our life with God. He said, ye are God's husbandry. Now, that's not a common word we use either. But husbandry, if you raise a... So you raise sheep for a living. You raise cows for a living. You're practicing animal husbandry. That's what that word means. It means you're raising animals. Well, the Bible says you're God's husbandry, and then it says you're God's building. So just like a man builds a building, why? You know, there are buildings going up all along the highways all the time. And what are those buildings for? Those buildings are to produce something or to uh, trade something, to merchant, make merchandise, to, to turn a profit. <laughs> That's the same reason God is working in your life. He wants to turn a profit with your life. He wants you to bear fruit. We plant seeds in the ground. And I, I, we, we had a great watermelon the other day my sister sent from Arkansas. And uh, some of the best watermelons in the world come from right up there where I'm from, near Hope, Arkansas. And uh, I save those seeds. You know why? Because I'm going to plant those seeds. I know I won't get a good crop out here as I would in Arkansas, but but still, I, I love the fruit that that bears. And God loves the fruit that we bear. And God wants to work in us to bear fruit. Our lives are to bear fruit for him. We're to see souls saved. We're, God's to work through us to, to reach other people, to win them to Jesus Christ. God's to work through us to uh, lead other people to the light and out of the darkness, out of depression in, into joy, uh, out of a broken home into a, into a stable life, out of a out of a, a terrible uh, broken marriage into a, into a stable life where, where one is, is equipped uh, to go forward. Listen, God can fix things. God can do things, but you've got, you got to quit trying to build it yourself. I've seen some of them people try to build their own house. And I realize some people some people are, are more equipped than others, but I've seen some that just end up with a little shanty that nobody would want to live in. 
And and to be a success, God has got to be your builder. Amen. We are thank God He work. He's the one who works with us. He equips us. He, he gives us the tools. We're just the laborer. Praise God. But you know what else is important if you're going to be a success? It with your life in in, in this building that you are for God. You gotta you gotta have the right location. You know, I'll, I'll admit where I live right now, where where they put our house. Uh, I didn't put that house there. Somebody else put it there. And I should have researched it a little better when I moved there. But there's a drainage issue. And, uh, you know, it stays wet in places around our house and other places. You know, it's it's just under our back porch stays wet all the time because it's it's a low spot. And uh, it's draining down. Oh, you don't need to know all those details. But the fact is, location is important. And people people try to uh, they try to do it without without doing it the way God wants it done. Let me just give you an, let me give you the scripture Matthew seven twenty four through twenty seven. Jesus said, "Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house." And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. You see, it had the right location. The life was built upon Jesus Christ. That's what the rock is referring to. And then verse 26 and 27 said, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. So these are people, I mean, they, you can't, you know, they're without excuse because they've heard what Jesus had to say, but they didn't do it. They didn't listen. They tried to do it themselves. They let. They didn't let God Work with they didn't work with God and, and let God build their life. They tried to build it themselves. Well, listen, the Bible said they shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Um, you know, this is going to sound silly to you, but I I know of a church that was built on sand. Um, I know of a church uh, down in East Texas. Uh, went to uh, some meetings down there over the years, years ago. And that church was built up on top of the hill, and it was Sandy Hill. Um, and they didn't have, I guess they either didn't have money to pay for the foundation at that time, or they just tried to hurry up and get in there. But they just smoothed, they built a foundation around it, uh, a kind of an outside edge foundation, but as far as the auditorium, the floor was sand, and they just rolled the carpet out over the sand. And uh, it was, of course, packed down and everything, but they just rolled it out over the sand. And uh, that was real good until they had a real hard rain. And then uh, what happened is water started getting in underneath the edge, and they'd have a they'd have a river of water coming down through the church underneath the carpet. So that did not work. You end up having to pour concrete in there. But you can't build on sand. I don't care how if you're on top of the hill or what. It's not a good location because sand shifts, and that's the way the things of this world do. They shift. You can you can try to build your you can try to build your life upon education, but education things change. What was knowledge back in the in the 30s is it, it's changed since then. Uh, uh, things have developed. Things have changed, and and this world is always in flux. It's always changing. You'll never nothing will ever stay the same in this world. But I can tell you this: God never changes. God never changes, and He is the Rock. He is the one we build our life upon. 
And if we'll build our life upon him, we will not fall. I promise you that. And I said location. Make sure God's your builder. Make sure you have the proper location. But number three, let me say this. Make sure you have the right foundation. And I know you say, well, you just covered that. But let's just cover it a little bit better, okay? When I say foundation, I'm talking about I'm talking about what we build upon, okay? Uh, that found uh, again. The Bible talked in that last passage about founding upon a rock. And generally, when people build houses today, they 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 found them upon a, a foundation of concrete. They pour that concrete to be a solid rock foundation, so that it doesn't move when the wind blows. That it doesn't move uh, when when the rains fall or or, or the floods come. You know. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Of course, talking about the beam of judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereupon, thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth, Thereon, thereupon, rather. Let me read that and kind of explain that a little bit. <clears throat> Paul said, according to the grace of God, which is given me. In other words, I couldn't have done any of this without the grace of God. It's grace of God working in him and through him, preaching the gospel, sharing Christ with other people. He said, as a wise master builder. In other words, I use the proper tools. I use the right things in order to do this. He said, I've laid the foundation he said, and another buildeth their own, okay? But verse, four, uh, verse 11 says, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid. There's only one foundation to build the Christian life upon, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our sole foundation. We can't build our life upon culture. We can't build our life upon intellect. We can't build our life upon science. We must build our life upon Jesus Christ and him alone. He is the foundation from which everything else is built that is successful in this life. He said, again, he said, I, I laid the foundation. In other words, I shared Christ with you, and you believed. And another built it their own. In other words, somebody else, now that you're saved, somebody else is teaching you how to how to follow God, how to obey the Word of God, how to obey the commandments of Christ, how to uh, get things solidified in your Christian life so that you don't have to go back and, and, and learn those things over and over again. We need, to, we need to get some things solid in our life. Like the Bible says, line upon line, here a little, there a little. We're to be building up like bricks. We lay a layer of bricks of truth, and then we come back and lay another layer of bricks of truth. Uh, and again and again until we've built up a solid house of truth. That, that stands and stands the test of time of our lives, and not only during our lives, but, it, but the, the, the memory of what we stood for remains even after we're gone from this world. <clears throat> so we've got to have the right builder, we've got to have the right location, we've got to have the right foundation. But not only that, we've got to have the right materials. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, the very next verse. Paul said, now, if any man build upon this foundation, the foundation of Christ, and he mentions gold, silver, and precious stones, and then he mentions three other materials, 
what your what your more common building materials that we're we're probably more familiar with, which is wood, and then hay, and then stubble. Now I don't build we don't build things out of hay and stubble, but you know people years ago did, uh, Indians did, uh, native tribes in different places did, and still do in some places. They build thatch huts and things of that nature. But God's referring to a solid foundation. I'm, he's referring to two different kinds of structures, gold, silver, and precious stones. If you can imagine a building built out of gold and silver and precious stones, I mean, good night, what kind of a place would that be? What a beautiful, beautiful uh, work of art, work of architecture uh, that would be. And if, if you could go, say, go and tour a building that was made out of gold and silver and decked with precious stones and and then somebody take you from that tour and take you next door over to a little thatch hut that was built out of out of wood and had it was stuffed with hay and, and insulated with stubble and things of that nature. And you'd say, man, uh, there ain't no comparison to these two. And that's exactly the way God looks at the person who who has who has built their life upon the Word of God, who has not let this world uh, determine their 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 future. Let me just put it that way. There are people who, who, who basically they, they live their lives by whichever way the wind blows. You know, if, if popular culture is blowing this way, that's the way they're going. If, if popular culture is going that way, that's the way they're going. And then there's, there are those who say, you know what, standing right here with the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care where everybody else goes. I don't care what. Uh, this government decides to do or that government decides to do, I'll obey it as long as it doesn't tell me to disobey my, my, my God. It doesn't tell me to disobey my Bible. I'll obey it. I have no problem doing that. Uh, you know, I want to do this life the way God wants me to. I didn't always do that because I was foolish earlier on in my life, and I, and I made a lot of decisions based upon my feelings and my thoughts, and I wasn't building a life. That was that was going to be profitable for God. Again, I wasn't bearing any fruit in my life until I began to get serious about this Christian life, and and made sure that that I was reading the Word of God and and taking it in and letting the Holy Spirit of God manifest the life of Christ through my life. Until I began to actively seek that, my life wouldn't bear any fruit for God. And unless you're seeking uh, to to follow the Lord, unless you've got a prayer life that's constantly going to God and saying, God, please lead me, guide me, and direct me, and that you're seeking to follow him by looking in the word of God for direction, uh, then you're not going to bear fruit. You're not going to be profitable to God. Your life is not going to count in, in eternity until you do. All right? So, he, again, gold, silver, and precious stones. Those things last. And the Bible talks about, the, you know, those things being tested or tried by the fire. The day shall declare it. It shall be, decla- it shall be uh, declared by, by the fire of God because our God's a consuming fire. And gold and silver and precious stones, those things don't burn up. If anything, they get refined by the fire. They don't burn up. Fire to wood, hay, and stubble, we know what happens there. It's gone. It's poof. It's, it's gone. And, again, I, I, I'm just going to stress this. I've, I've preached this a thousand times in a thousand different ways. But if you think that your good deeds that you did down here uh, because you wanted somebody to notice you 
if you think your good deeds that you did down here so that others would like you are going to stand up to the fire of God when you stand before his beam of judgment seat, you're sadly mistaken because unless it was done for Christ and Christ alone without hoping for any uh, praise from man, I'm not saying people won't praise you if you're doing something for God. And if they do, you give the credit to God, and that won't affect it. But if you're taking the credit, it's wood, hay, and stubble. It's gone. But, my friend, if it's gold and silver and precious stones, it's eternal. It lasts forever. So, again, we got the right builder. We have to have the right location, the right foundation, and the right materials. Okay? We're talking about a building, though. What about the inhabitants of that building? 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Okay, who lives in the building we're talking about? Uh, that's the Holy Spirit of God who lives in that building. Amen. Ephesians 2.20-22 20 says, And ye and are built up, I'm sorry, let me start over. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, again, he's the foundation, in whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for, what are we builded together for? An habitation of God through the Spirit. Wow, you knew this already, but you know, when you put it in those terms, when you read it like that, it sounds it, it sounds so much more serious that that our lives are put together. He said he's he's referring to us when he says the buildings fitly framed together. Again, everybody's been everybody's been an old creaky house at one time or other. You know, the wind blows, you hear the houses creak and creaking. It's because it's not it's not fitly framed together. There's loose places, there's there's gaps, there's cracks. But when you get into a home where where it's solid, I'm talking about like a brick home with a solid brick foundation and a solid roof, and the wind blows, you don't even hear it. Why? Because it's solid. The Bible says the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. In other words, it's a place where God can God can uh God can be magnified and glorified. And he says he says, In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you. Amen? He lives in you. If you're saved this morning, he's alive in you. And he wants to he wants to not just be live in you, but he wants to live through you. He wants to reach out of you to other people through you. He wants to speak through you. He wants to love others through you. He wants to help others through you. He wants to bless others through you. That's why you are his building. God, we're, we're his hands. We're his mouth. We're his eyes, his ears. God lives in us. That's the way he designed it. We're his buildings. We're his temples for him to dwell in and, and, and reach this world through. That's the only plan God has to reach this world because it's the only one he needs. 
All right, we dropped here for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm going to finish up. So this message will be in two parts this morning, but hopefully you'll jump back on with me. I'm almost there anyway, but I hated for it to quit right there in the middle of it. Well, like I said, God is the inhabitant of the building, and we are his building. He built it. He's built it for himself to live in. But let me tell you the purpose of the building. Again, we've talked about the builder is God. We've talked about the location uh, is on the rock. We've talked about the foundation. Uh, it is Christ. We've talked about the materials, which is gold and, and silver and precious stones. We've talked about the, uh, the inhabitants, which is God himself living in us. Uh, again, we lost it for a minute, but I got us back, so praise God. But anyway, I'm about to finish. I've got two more points. So what's the purpose of the building? The purpose is simple. 1 Corinthians 3.17. It says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Why? What's the purpose of this temple? This temple is here to be holy. The purpose of this temple is not for you to do whatever you want to and to wear it out like an old rag doll. God didn't give you this body to try to live it as hard and as fast as you could. Uh, you know, live hard, die fast, and leave a good-looking corpse is what they used to say. Um, but that's not how you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live for God. You're supposed to live unto God. You're supposed to give him glory with your life. You're supposed to magnify Christ with your life. That's the purpose. You're his temple. A temple is there to, to give glory to something, and, and you're there to give glory to God. That's why you're here. You're not here just to make money, uh, raise kids, and die. You're here to give glory to God all the way through. <clears throat> and I've got one last point, we're done. What about this house, this building of God's? Who's the decorator? Who's the decorator? First Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house. I'm just going to finish this on the blog talk because it's, it, Facebook keeps cutting me off, but I'll finish it on the blog talk. So he says, First Peter 2, 5, Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a whole, an holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable unto God. Again, God's our decorator. We're, we're a spiritual house. He said a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. Our lives, God is to use us to beautify the house that he built. God wants to, to, to use us. He wants he wants to uh well let's let's look at Psalm one hundred. He's describing the inside of this house. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord he is God, it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name 
For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. So what are the decorations in God's house? A joyful noise, gladness, singing, thanksgiving, praise, thankfulness, blessing. That's what God wants, decorating his house. And my friends, we've lost the Facebook feed, but I'm still here with you on blog talk and I want you to know, listen, if we will if we will let God if we'll follow God, we'll follow his word, we'll spend our time in prayer seeking God to lead us and we'll we'll decorate our lives with the things we just mentioned, the the joy, the gladness, the singing, the thanksgiving, the praise. If we'll decorate our lives with these things, we will have our lives be a building which magnifies and glorifies our King and God will be pleased with us, and we'll bless our lives. Pray for us as we get over this COVID. We should be over it. We should be back with you on Wednesday night, Lord willing. Pray that we get over it and everything goes good. We trust that you're well, and we look forward to being with you. And We ask God to bless you this morning and have a great rest of the day. Let's go to the Lord now and be dismissed. Father, I thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Lord, I ask you to use the message to bless somebody today, Father God. I just thank you so much for taking care of my family and blessing us, taking care of our church and blessing us. Lord, I pray for our friends and our enemies alike, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself, reveal yourself to them, Lord, that they might know you in your fullness. Father God, we pray for your blessings on all of all of our church family and their families. Lord, we ask you to bless us now in Jesus' name, and for his sake we ask these things. Amen. God bless y'all. We'll see you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.